0: our meetings would go through friday nights and then we would leave saturday morning headed to the next place and start over on sunday sometimes our meetings lasted through wednesday night and you know we would have a couple day breaks but you know sometimes i would take a friday off if we were in an interesting place such as like san antonio my kids got to see the alamo in person just places like that and then they would do their school work while we traveled on saturday so that's kind of how our week went
1: Merriam-Webster defines an administrative assistant as a person whose job is to support an executive, group, department, or organization, especially by handling administrative tasks. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint, and we're going to talk about the art of being an administrative assistant today, and not exactly, but uh, welcome to the show. I'm Byron Tyler, and we've got Diana Abbott, who is our newest staff member here at Bot Radio Network in Memphis. Diana, it is so good to have you stop by. I kind of grabbed you and said, let's do an interview. (laughs) That's
0: great. I'm game.
1: You're ready to go. I like the enthusiasm there. It's only been a few short weeks now. How long has it been since you started here with Bot Radio?
0: This is my fourth week
1: brand new to the job. We're excited to have you help us out. We really have needed an administrative assistant because our longtime, faithful, incredible Shirley Gossett has been with us, oh my goodness, 30, has it been 30 years? It's been close to it, I know, or if not there about, has served so faithfully. It was time for her to go into a semi-retirement. She's still working part-time right now, kind of opened up a void that we needed to fill and God brought you here to fill that void, and we want to welcome you to our staff. Thank you. I'm looking forward to sharing your story. The more you and I have gotten to share sometimes in the morning over coffee or getting our day started, we've had an opportunity to talk and to share some of what God has done in your life. I think you're from this area, right? You grew up in this area?
0: Yes. I grew up in South Haven, Mississippi, and I currently live in Walls.
1: Walls, Mississippi. Tell me something about family life growing up.
0: Well... My dad was a trucker. Uh, he was an over-the-road truck driver. So I was at home quite a bit with just my mom while he was on the road. He was home on the weekends. You know, I was just a typical kid growing up.
1: What were some of the things you liked to do as a kid? What were some of the fun things, memories?
0: Oh, well, I was always outside, uh, riding my bike all over the place or out on my street with friends, Uh I was a cheerleader at South Haven, and we won the national championship when I was a freshman in high school. So that's kind of interesting. That's what I liked to do back then.
1: Any childhood difficulties? Sometimes you go through tough times as a child. Not everything is always smooth in life, even for children.
0: Right. Uh, My parents separated when I was in the sixth grade and divorced when I was in the seventh grade. So that was, uh, you know, pretty sad experience in our family, but I determined when I was grown that things that happen in your family can affect you one of two ways. It can influence you to have that same thing happen in your life, or it can affect you the other way to make you just settle in your heart that you're not going to go that route.
1: Yes. And that's something that you and I share together because we both have come from broken homes. Mm -hmm. That is a motivating factor, really, has been for me, too, to do what I can to have a good marriage. And of course, without a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's hard to have any kind of marriage. Even as a Christian, marriage relationships can be tough sometimes. You go through different valleys and things you go through. You need that anchor of Christ in your life. That's true. When did you discover, Diana, that Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection was relevant for your life? Uh,
0: 1994, February of 1994. I thought I had been saved. I didn't really understand um, the true meaning of salvation. I, As a youngster, I kind of thought if I went to church and I was a good person, yeah. I kind of thought my good would out. Way my bad Uh, i kind of thought that's the way it worked back then and uh, of course i was taught about the son of god and but i didn't understand it really until i was an adult so i finally realized that you know after struggling and thinking i had made a decision for christ that i just needed to settle it that i just trusted in the blood of christ and what he did for me
1: you know there's 18 inches separating you know from the mind in the heart that people can get trapped by, because mm-hmm. they have it all right in their head, but there's no life change, the transformation that you talked about. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and we enter in this relationship through faith. You know, the works that we do are are not as a means to uh, attain a, approval of God, but really as a thank you, God, thank you for what you did in my life through the blood of Jesus Christ that my life can be used for your glory, this service, the job here at the radio station, or or wherever you have is a position of ministry for his glory. Uh, When did you first meet Billy Abbott? Was there an immediate attraction, or did he have to earn your attention? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if he were here today, uh, he would say that I asked him out, but that is was incorrect. Is that really incorrect? <laughs> yes, that was incorrect, <laughs> but he told everybody that. But people that knew him knew he was just playing around. We met in college. We went to Northwest Mississippi. Uh, it, community college down in Senatobia. He played baseball and I was a cheerleader. He asked me out and I told him we were just friends. I couldn't go out with a friend. But he grew on me and he didn't give up. That was the beginning of our 32 years of
1: of life together. Of life. Tell me about the proposal. Did you know he was going to propose to you?
0: Yes. We had been talking about a ring and it was my birthday. I believe it was my 20th birthday I don't know but anyway I was at my mom's house I didn't live there but I was visiting and it was my birthday and Billy got off work and and he came over and it's surprising really because my husband was such a thinker and planner of of cool things but he just did the old-fashioned thing you know just got off work and came and got down on one knee in my mom's living room floor and and asked me to marry him.
1: What a great story! And of course, God has blessed you with four children. Tell me something about the kids.
0: Yes, we have four children. They're all ours. Zach <laughs> is uh, in Pensacola with his wife Megan uh, and our two grandbabies, which I love dearly, Ryder and Adeline, and our son Ethan and his wife Michaela. Um, they travel in the ministry of evangelism, like like their dad and I did. And right now they're at Camp Ozana, serving in Georgia, Hiawassee, Georgia. Then we have two daughters, Olivia, who lives in Young Harris, Georgia. She just moved there on her own. Priscilla, our baby girl, is serving at Camp Ozana this summer as well. And she'll be coming back next weekend.
1: Yeah, And we were going to talk more about this camp in a few moments, but there was that initial call on your lives together into ministries you talked about you had a traveling evangelistic ministry where you billy and the children traveled all over this country sharing the gospel so what was the circumstances that led up to because at that time there was no thought of going into ministry full-time was there
0: no we had been married about four or five years. My husband was a truck driver for AAA Cooper in Memphis. Uh, he worked in the city driving a truck, and uh, he just kept struggling with the idea, has God called me to preach? We were just church members in wow. our church. So he finally did answer that call, and we sold our house in Walls at that time and moved to Shelby, North Carolina. Were
1: you on board from the beginning? What did God do in Billy's life? He was wanting to move Billy from a trucker's life to this ministry.
0: Well, I was a hundred percent in support of it. Uh, you know, it was scary to me. I didn't. I had never really left home before, and the thought of you know leaving my mom and dad, being so close by, and we had the two boys at the time, and so taking our boys away from the grandparents was kind of a rough thing, but... um, Well, plus
1: you were given a a check that you knew was coming in every week or two.
0: Well, he actually was able to transfer to Charlotte with Triple A Cooper, which was an hour away from Shelby, where he was going to be going to Bible college. Uh, We were 27 when we moved with two boys, and uh, he continued working and went to Bible college full-time. He was very busy, and also made time for me and the boys on the weekends, and he had an hour commute one way and back at night, so.
1: But this later developed into a traveling evangelistic ministry, though.
0: Well, one of his professors, he was an evangelist major because we just kind of felt like that's what God called him to do, and uh, with his truck-driving background and just His personality, that's what he felt God called him to do. But actually, one of his professors at Bible College asked him to be his associate pastor in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So we spent almost seven years there for him to be his assistant pastor. So
1: you stayed in just one location for those seven years prior to hitting the road then? Yes. When you lived in a fifth wheel, being pulled by a dually with four kids, was that something you did during certain times of the year? Was it throughout the year?
0: No, it was throughout the year. We actually, I remember the day I called my mother. We had been talking about us selling our home in South Carolina to go into full-time evangelism. And the scheduled date was April of 2005. We were going to launch out into evangelism and leave Billy was leaving the full-time job at Southside Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That was scary because you go from a steady paycheck and something that you're familiar with and comfortable with to a life of faith that literally we depended on God to just take care of us because my husband— Never told a church I have to have this much money to come or anything. It was just strictly by faith that we went from different churches and you know. We sold our home in, in Rock Hill. We moved our church membership back to Mississippi, and we just made our fifth-wheel travel trailer that we had just bought our full-time home. We were in it all the time. If we weren't in a meeting, we were parked behind our church in Mississippi. In the first couple of years, you know, that was <laughs> Tell interesting.
1: Tell life with four kids. I mean, how old were the children at this time?
0: Uh, Zach was in the sev- end of his seventh grade year when we went into evangelism, I was pregnant with Priscilla at the time. And I was telling you this when I called my mom to tell her, you know, we were going to do this. And she said, oh, Diana, five of y'all living in a travel trailer. I said, well, actually, Mom, it's going to be six because I'm expecting. <laughs> but oh. it was great. Some of the best times. I mean, yes, it had its trials and, you know, breakdowns and blah, blah, blah. So what the- was
1: like a year look like schedule wise? What was that like?
0: Uh you know, the first couple of years, you just, Billy just took meetings. You know, if somebody called him in Chicago and somebody called him in Florida, he scheduled those. And we'd crisscross the country going to different places that were opposite. <laughs> he tried to schedule them together, but it just didn't work out that way for the first few years. But, you know, then... As as the ministry grew, we were able to schedule things closer together. Sometimes we did still right. crisscross the country, but not as much.
1: What were some of those challenges of life on the road like for a family?
0: Oh man! Like I homeschooled all the kids, so we were home doing school during the school year, and then. Get done with the school day. We had music practice because we all sang and played instruments. My family sang every night. And that
1: was part of the evangelistic ministry.
0: Yes. I taught children's meetings while my husband was preaching to the adults, uh, and my kids helped me with that as well every night. So, you know, there was that to do. They had to squeeze in homework. And then sometimes our meetings would go through Friday nights, and then we would leave Saturday morning headed to the next place and start over on Sunday. Sometimes our meetings lasted through Wednesday night, and, you know, we would have a couple day breaks. But, you know, sometimes I would take a Friday off if we were in an interesting place such as, like, San Antonio. My kids got to see the Alamo in person, just places like that, and then they would do their schoolwork while we traveled on Saturday. So that's kind of how our week went
1: going to the Alamo, seeing that history up close and personal, what are some other fond memories traveling on the road with the family?
0: Oh, there's great memories. There's so many. I mean, people have asked me, what is your favorite part of the country or what's the most beautiful? Our country is gorgeous everywhere. We spent time out west one summer. We had great memories out west, and uh, we got to see Monument Valley. We went as far to the northwest is idaho and that was very interesting we saw elk and you know in the evenings and actually that's where our second son met his wife just a a sunday that my husband preached in idaho
1: so not only did you get a sack of potatoes in idaho you got a (laughs) daughter-in-law right Dana? what did you learn about the spirit of god moving in the lives of the people that you ministered to
0: Uh, It was so exciting to see God move and use my husband uh, in different ways while we were there. You know, sometimes a pastor had been praying for someone for a long time, or maybe a church member had been praying for a family member, and maybe they could get them to come during that week of revival. And sometimes we saw somebody that had been prayed for for years make a decision for Christ, and that was so exciting to be a part of that. I loved to be in those churches and meet all these people. I loved singing with my family. Those were some of the best memories that I had. And even just traveling, some of the memories I have of just being in the truck and and going and things that we saw, and it's just some wonderful memories.
1: (laughs) Diana, you mentioned a moment ago this Camp Hosanna, a tuition-free, week-long camp for ages 8 to 17 located in Hiawassee, Georgia, that was founded back in 2003 by Stan and Springwood. This camp became a passion for the Abbott family.
0: Absolutely. That is one of our favorite places in the world, definitely.
1: What did you see God do in the lives of campers? I can't imagine kids coming to camp. That can be a real turning point.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, just seeing God work in some of these kids' lives, uh, I was amazed at some of the things that young kids are exposed to in this world we're living in. It's it's really sad. Young kids exposed to things they shouldn't be. Pornography or just all kinds of things, abuse, things like that. And just normal kids too come to camp and just seeing God work in these kids' lives and you know maybe they've never seen true love. People that care about them. Yes. And they saw that. My husband always said Camp Hosanna was a place where you could give love and receive love. And these kids, we just, we fell in love with the camp when we went.
1: After 51 years of life on earth and just over 30 years, close to 32 years of marriage, Billy was called home to heaven.
0: He was. You know, it all happened at Camp Hosanna last summer. We had no idea that he had anything going on with his heart. He seemed like perfectly healthy. I would have said he was the healthiest that he had been. You know, he didn't have health problems that we knew of. But he sent me on an errand to pick up something for the camp, two and a half hours away. And uh, when I left, he had hooked up his trailer to his Dooley truck and. He was strong and had been working on a trailer outside, and he seemed perfectly fine. But when I I got a call just a few hours later that he had gone home to be with the Lord, the Lord took him. Suddenly, he just didn't feel well and went to go lay down and take a nap, and he went home.
1: God bless you, Diana, for you and the children and the grandkids. Just what I have learned in our brief time knowing you about Billy's life and his love for his family, his love for God and for kids and for people coming to know Jesus. I found this message from a camper I'd like to read. I met the Abbots about 12 years ago. Every year they came to our church, and every year Brother Abbott would try to get me to come work at Camp Hosanna, and every time I said no, Then six years ago, at the age of 21, he asked, just like he always, and I asked, what would I do there? And I did not want to work with kids. He said, you could work in the kitchen. And I told him that I can't cook. Then he said, you could do housekeeping. And I told him that I could do that. I loaded up our van, and Dad dropped me off in the summer of 2014. Little did I know, that summer would be a turning point in my life. I went to the first staff meeting, and Brother Abbott introduced me as the kitchen worker, and I said, what? (laughs) Well, it's too late now. If I didn't know how to cook, I was going to learn how to cook. I was put in an unfamiliar setting, but I was exactly where God wanted me. I learned so much from the people I worked with, lived alongside, and came to love the Abbott family so much. As a young lady who grew up in a Christian home and had been in Bible college, I knew my Bible. And all the right things to say, but I was a camp worker counseling young women unsure if I was saved. One night, I spoke with a young lady who was also unsure of her salvation, and I realized I could not help her because I needed help myself. I went to Mrs. Diana Abbott, and she shared her testimony, which spoke to my heart. And it was like I could see everything so clearly that July night, sitting in the passenger seat of their SUV. I asked Jesus to save my soul. Thank you, Brother Abbott, for your persistency, your friendship, and your faithfulness. I hope and pray that I can touch a life like you touch mine. Katie. Diana.
0: (laughs) I know exactly who that
1: is. That's the life God calls all believers to, persistent, friendly, and faithful. Do you recall that story?
0: Oh, yeah. I knew exactly (laughs) who you were talking about as soon as you said it.
1: (laughs) What's been your main comfort and strength this past year?
0: Well... The moment I got the news on the phone when I was two and a half hours away, I just thought, you know, I've trusted the Lord all these years. I'm going to keep trusting him. And the first Bible verse that that popped into my head was, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I know that God can be trusted with my life, and I don't understand why Those things happened because Billy seemed to be in the prime of his life with so much more work to do with camp starting. This happened on a Thursday. Camp was starting the first week of camp on Monday. Everyone was floored. I I didn't understand because I felt like he had so much more work to do, but but his work on earth was finished, and I just knew that the Lord— would be there for me and his word has comforted me more than anything i mean there have been so many wonderful people that have been praying for me that reached out to me and my family during those days and still do i've still got people praying for me daily and i can feel that and i appreciate it so much that people do pray for me still and love me but uh there's no comfort like the word of god can be to your heart and just give you that Peace in your heart from Him daily.
1: Diana, you've invested your life in the gospel. That doesn't mean that there's always going to be, uh, you know, roses and an easy path. God carries us down some valleys sometimes, but He never leaves us or forsakes us. He promises that He will never do that. You know, I can't help but think that somebody might be listening to us today and maybe. They've been trying to get all they can out of their life, but not really understand the meaning of what life's about. You know, the Bible says, what should it profit a man if he gain the whole world and loses so?" The soul is so valuable, and this life is so short. Like you said, we don't know our days. So it's so appropriate, really, for us to know God. And he's made it possible, right?
0: He has. You know, I've I've heard my husband preach many times. You know, we have a timeline: the day we're born, the day that we're going to die, and we're walking in between. And nobody knows when that day will be. And I just assumed, like everyone else, even though I knew that I know that our days are numbered, and I know that uh, we're not promised tomorrow. But now I know from experience that nothing can be wrong. God can just choose. To take you in an instant and you're gone. You've got to be prepared.
1: That's why it's so important, friend, to reflect on those things that stood out in Billy Abbott's life persistency, the friendship, and the faithfulness. And I would encourage you to use that as uh, some markers in your life. Are you being persistent? Are you being faithful? Are you being friendly? I, I like that word friendly and friendship because Jesus was a friend. He was a friend to sinners too. He was investing in the lives of people. Who needed to know God. They were lost. And that's what He's done for us, paying the price for our sin on the cross through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, the hope that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Diana, thank you so much. I I thank you for sharing your story. And I know it's going to be an encouragement to many who are watching and listening today. Hey, thanks for being here and and having fun with us here in the office. We have a few laughs, don't
0: we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) We can't help but not. (laughs) That's right. Thank you for having
1: me. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
2: Sometimes problems seem so big. They hide the light of day. Sometimes pain cuts so deep. I can't find the world. To pray. Sometimes heartache seems to be much more than I can stand. That's when grace.